You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to episode 47 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz. I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. I'm sure you forgot our names and forgot what our voices sound like at this point, but uh, the boys are back. Aaron, how are we doing? Uh, back, and, and I've said this before, and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record, but better than ever. Back and better than ever. It's uh, Yes, it's certainly been... A few months, folks, we uh, fully recognize that we can read calendars just like everybody else can. Uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Jobs get busy. Uh, we've said this multiple times. Unfortunately, this isn't our full-time career. Maybe one day, fingers are crossed. But uh, nonetheless, we're probably more interesting during football season anyway. So uh, very excited to get back here for an NFL-heavy show and, and excited to shop it up with my boy here. And now for today's topics. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're two weeks in and, and there's obviously a lot of, a lot of things already taking place. So I'm, I'm definitely ready to, to get into it and get after it. Things are happening two weeks in, uh, we will, we will give this caveat here, folks, Aaron and I are going to try our best to not overreact to our respective teams here. Aaron's in a slightly better spot. I mean, probably more than a slightly better spot than I am. Obviously my team's Owen two coming off of a four interception day, but we'll certainly get into that. So it is only two weeks in. We both have rookie head coaches. We both have both have a lot of young guys on the roster. Uh, so we're going to do our best to not overreact. But uh, nonetheless, two weeks in are all we have to go off of. And, and a lot of our questions have been answered from the offseason in respect to the Jets and the Eagles. But uh, additionally, we will get to some other games. Obviously, we want to touch on a lot of teams throughout. Maybe a little bona fide scrub Derek Carr updates. And somehow uh, they are fucking 2-0. Uh, obviously talk about the Ravens, talk about some of the other teams throughout the league. Uh, and really just, like I said, a full heavy NFL show, which gets my juices flowing, obviously, and, and Aaron's as well. So I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm quite surprised at the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I thought well, we can just touch on that real quick. Okay, um, I like it. You know, I, I think the, the John Gruden experience um, – uh, through the first couple of years, I don't know if it's really lived up to to the expectations. I'm not sure of Raiders fans. I don't know what right. you know how how patient those people are, to be honest with you. But uh, so far, so good. Obviously, beating the Ravens in a in a th- absolute thriller, phenomenal there. game. Yeah, phenomenal. Exactly. Yeah, one one of the probably go down as one of the best games of the season. You know, very early to say that, but wow. like that, that game was uh, a shot. 
<laughs> that game was was electric, and then and then they go to so they're playing the AFC North basically right now. Um, yep. You know, they, they go back to Pittsburgh this weekend, this past weekend, and uh, you know they're they're just playing good football. They're they're playing uh, you know pretty impressive defense, I would say, uh, against those two teams, and and you know the offense is doing enough. Uh, I, I can't hate on Derek Carr too much. He's he's winning games, and and he's not really turning the ball over. So, um, yeah, so far so good for the Oakland Raiders, but obviously you got the Chiefs in that division. Yep. You got the 2-0 and Broncos, which, you know, we can get into that. I, I don't know how much of a believer I am so far. But, Fake 2-0. Uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, And then you and then you got the Chargers who, who just seem to be, I don't know, like they're very good on offense, but the right. defense is uh, suspect, I would say. Yeah, I mean that that week one game. We'll we'll jump into to that quick. First question: Did did you watch the ESPN two broadcast with with Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning? That's my first. I did question. see. I I saw it after the fact, so I I watched the game, but then I I came through and just watched that part of it as well. So yes, to answer your question. All right. So the, that first of all was an electric factory. I watched it week one. Watched it week two. Uh, infinitely better than Steve Levy, fucking <laughs> Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. I'll just say that off the top. It basically sounded like you were just chilling with your boys watching an NFL game on the couch uh, instead of Steve Levy trying to, like, have a fake big game voice, even though he realized he's destined to call, like, Fresno State versus Toledo on a Saturday afternoon. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's been documented. That's been well documented on this, on this podcast. <laughs> we, are not the, we are not Monday Night Football booth fans, to say the least. So uh, I saw the ratings. Uh, I mean, the, the first game was on ABC as well. So the ESPN ratings were split with the ABC ratings. And then obviously coming in a distant third was ESPN too. Just because I think that, you know, a lot of people might have ESPN, but not have not have ESPN too, which I, I guess makes sense. But I will, I mean, unless the, the broadcast gets like significantly better, I will not change back from, from the Manning cast. I don't know about you. No, I think um... – I think ESPN will probably realize at some point, like, hey, you know, if if people had the access to, to ESPN two as much as they do, you know, just the regular ESPN, that that would blow it out of the water. I mean, I think like you put that on at a bar, a restaurant, that type of thing. I, I think more and more people will will like the Manning um, commentary far far better than who they have in the booth right now. So, like you said, I mean, I I'm, I fully agree. I think it's it's such a better dynamic having guys that actually played the game for one right um and, and just you know they're, they're just they're funny people they're they're funny guys they're uh they, they make it much more interesting and and i did i did listen to some of steve levy's broadcast uh just absolutely terrible i don't the know worst <laughs> i don't I, I can't say i dislike the guy personally you know it's not it doesn't go no. that deep but it's but it's one of those things it's like you know you're a commentator you're supposed to like yeah. add add some sauce to the to the whole thing and and just it was absolutely just dry as a bone no he, yeah. he's uh i mean I, i've said this for a, a long time like you and i obviously were in the generation that grew up on watching sports center pretty much every day like he he is one of my favorite all-time like sports center anchors maybe because he's like one of the only ones who actually like talks about hockey um <laughs> I, I don't think he has the big game voice i've said that multiple times i don't think he has like the football background to like even when like Gruden, like Tarico were on, like at least Tarico had like a massive football back and like been around the sport for years, like with doing Notre Dame games, like he could talk about the game, like in a much better way than Steve Levy could. I know on, on the service, that doesn't sound like a massive critique, but like 
like you said, watching the the Manning broadcast, I mean, you're just learning things, but also there's like a sprinkle slash thematic of like comedy kind of, I mean, Eli's cracking jokes left and right. Peyton's wearing a big ass helmet that can't fit on his head. Like it's just a massively more entertaining broadcast to, to listen to. And then the guests they bring on, like Gronk was on the last broadcast, like him talking about how he doesn't watch film was laugh out loud. Funny. McAfee was talking about a, a casino story where Peyton Manning told him to put money on red 18 at the roulette table. And then it hits for the entire table. Like you're not going to get that type of backstory, those types of inside the ropes inside the locker room, so to speak, stories that you would get on the regular broadcast. Now, if my, I mean, you're, you're, so your team's going to be on Monday Night Football next week. I was talking about this with a few of my buddies. Like, it's interesting to think about which one I'd prefer if I'm watching my team. Like, if I'm not really paying attention to the game, I want to see, you know, some of the big plays here and there. I will 100% tune into the Manning broadcast. But if I want to live and die by every play, uh, and like see my team full screen the entire time. Would I continue to watch the Manning cast? I don't know. I don't have to worry about that because the Jets will never be on Monday Night Football like probably ever again. But uh, <laughs> you have to you have to juggle that this week. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think uh, you know just because it is a, a marquee game. I mean, it's a division game. It's it's a game already that has some significance to it. So I I think I'll I'll watch obviously the the regular broadcast. I yeah. I just wish they would kind of like you know. They would show obviously the Mannings and, and their guests from time to time, but right. almost have it like a, a broadcast setup to where like they're still showing the game, but yeah, um, you know they're they're commentating. It, it would still I think be you know extremely funny just because um, obviously you know you're just listening for the commentary really. I mean, um, so without the video aspect, if they would just show the game and 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 let the Mannings you know commentate it and then I saw Brett Favre was on this past week I, yeah you know that type of thing I would love to see that I just you know I, I do got I do have to pretty much keep up with every play and, and I'm already nervous about that game so it's <laughs> one of those things I it's not like we're playing a team that you know isn't going to win a game all season or something like that um, so right. yeah I'm gonna have to be tuned in pretty much the entire time and, and just kind of hope for the best I guess yeah, I mean, we'll. Uh, it's it's interesting. I want to hear your thoughts. We'll chat about it next week, obviously after after the game. But like I said, I think we have like one Thursday night football game we play in London uh, in two weeks. So in terms of like prime time, there's really not much the Jets have to choose from. Which uh, the way the the early parts of the season going certainly isn't surprising. But it'll be inter- interesting to hear kind of your viewing experience. But but yeah, back to uh, I mean, I guess the Ravens, uh, you know, that, that first game obviously was kind of tough for the defense. I thought Lamar and the offense played pretty well. Uh, it just seemed like the Raiders there, like, didn't have much of a plan unless it was, like, throw the ball up to Darren Waller. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out at the end. And the defense kind of held up there uh, towards the end. Obviously, he was able to get, uh, I think it was Ruggs on that game-winning touchdown. It could be wrong there. And then. Uh, it seemed like for, for both teams, week one was kind of an outlier, but then the Raiders definitely backed up with the week two win against the Steelers. Um, probably more having to do with Big Ben getting hurt. But again, I think they're playing well. I can't discredit them. And then the Ravens obviously coming out and their second straight primetime game to start the season, which certainly isn't easy, especially with all the injuries that they've had. I think they've lost the most you know, man games due to injury than any other team. I mean, they have three running backs for Christ's sake on, on IR and Wave Gundell on their uh, practice squad. So if that doesn't really indicate how bad their injury situation is. I don't really know what will, uh, but, but then bouncing back against the chiefs. I mean, that was obviously an all time matchup. Uh, John Harbaugh, you saw him lip syncing on the sidelines. Uh, 
you know, asking if Lamar, if he wanted to go for it, Lamar saying, yes, just dropping his balls right on the face of Andy Reid and Chiefs was obviously phenomenal. <laughs> so uh, really, really great primetime viewing uh, to start the season other than that second half of the Packers Lions game. But uh, Monday night football games are never, uh, never perfect to say the least. Yeah. I, I you know, I'd basically argue with anybody to say um, the Raiders have probably played the, the best two, like the most interesting games as far as like, you know, I had no idea that I, I just didn't think after Pittsburgh beat Buffalo, I didn't think they'd go into Pittsburgh and beat them. Right. Um, obviously, I, I caught most of that game as well this past weekend, and, and it was just kind of back and forth. Um, but, but you know, ended up, you know, the Raiders getting the job done. The Steelers just couldn't do enough on offense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just to get into that that week one real quick uh, with, the, with the Ravens, I mean, I think the Ravens had every chance to win that game, especially when, Oakland got basically the, all the way down to the red zone and then gave it up. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's almost like Oakland sh- probably shouldn't have won that that week one. Yeah. So Baltimore coming back home, um, you know, I, I really didn't think Baltimore had it in them to beat the Chiefs this time around. Uh, just, you know, the injuries you mentioned. Uh, I don't think the offensive line in, in, in Baltimore is quite what they were the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking – especially after the game starts. I mean, Lamar throws two pretty quick interceptions. Uh, and then you kind of go from there. I mean, that's one thing. I, I'm not the biggest, like, Lamar fan out there. Uh, I've kind of been well-documented about that. But that kid, uh, you know, when he when he's, like, down and out, as far as, like, if he makes a mistake, he, he responds probably better than, you know, even Tom Brady at that point. Just because, like, he'll throw a pick, and the next drive he'll come back and, and – you know, lead him on a long drive, no problem, no issue. It just doesn't – nothing seems to phase him, really. Um, yeah. So, I, I definitely give him the credit there. Um, you know, ultimately, I, I thought the Chiefs were going to pull it out. I think if uh, – I'm drawing a blank on their running back. He's got, like, three names. Uh, but – Yeah, yeah, exa- yeah. Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, Edwards-Hilaire, um, yeah. I think if he doesn't fumble that ball, I still think the Chiefs probably win it. Yeah, for sure. But – uh, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes you can't win them all, but uh, that, that was a great win for the Ravens. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that's going to help Lamar going forward. And, you know, when he plays Holmes again, it's just, you know, he got the elephant off his back, uh, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I think going into that game, the storylines were that, you know, the Chiefs were Lamar's kryptonite. And I think the last, like, four or five times they've played, it's always been Mahomes and the Chiefs and even, like, before that, the, the Chiefs had kind of had the Ravens number, you know, back when Alex Smith was there. Um, and Patrick Mahomes was like a crazy, you know, 14, 15, you know, 16 and 0 in, in, in the month of September, which is absolutely absurd. Right. Uh, so, and I think you threw like 16 touchdowns and, and no pick. So I don't really think the game's on the offense for the Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the defense giving up, you know, 36 points and then you know, the week prior giving up 29 points to the Browns in a close game too. I think that's probably more cause for concern. I think the Chiefs offense, so to speak, has picked up right from where they left off um, from last year. And even, even then some, I think, you know, they're playing a lot of the younger guys um, and a lot of new guys on the offensive line. Obviously they got the guy, you know, Tooney from, from the Patriots this off season. They got um, some, some newer guys. I think Trey Brown is, is playing, you know, as a rookie in, as, in the guard spot. So, from the offensive line standpoint, I mean, the lasting memory we have of last season is is Patrick Mahomes running for his life against the Buccaneers in that Super Bowl. And, you know, you could argue if he had more time that game, they probably would have been able to put up more points. And 
and maybe it would have won handily. Um, but again, like that's in retrospect. And, and the only thing we can do this year is look to see how they're performing now. And I think from an offensive line standpoint, they're probably running the ball a little bit better, um, obviously outside of a, a couple of fumbles here and there. And then, you know, Kelsey's playing phenomenally, hit a, you know, insane touchdown, you know, Monday, which you could, or uh, Sunday, which you, you could argue that he's the only tight end in the, in the league that can basically run coast to coast with like wide receiver speed. Um, obviously Tyreek Hill is playing well. Um, so from an offensive standpoint, they're obviously playing good, but I mean, the Browns and Ravens both have good offenses. So, you know, for them to give up 30 plus, you know, around 30 points each week, I don't think is too much cause for concern. But again, if they start giving up those amounts of points, so like the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers, the teams in their, that division in the AFC West, I think it, you know, maybe we can, we can sound the alarms there, but until that happens, I'm still, you know, on the chiefs, like firmly to, to probably finish one or two in the AFC. Yeah, it, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, you, you touched on some some good points there. Uh, when I was watching that game, it just felt like Travis Kelsey, like almost every play was, was finding a way to get open. Oh, uh, just a, obviously a big body, like a almost like a Gronk out there. And in, in the fact that he just he is a is a problem for the defense to match up with. And then especially when you spread the ball out like they do with with all the receivers, Tyreek Hill. It's like, how do you you can't you can't possibly contain everybody. Um, I was just looking through his stats like he he has over a thousand yards the last what is it now six yeah going on six years so five five years in total but uh, he'll probably get it this year so yeah he he's just a menace like he's a machine and you know I just don't think the Chiefs are going anywhere offensively just just like you said I I was just more shocked by the fact that the Ravens like defense doesn't look nearly as good as it has the last couple years and and their offensive line isn't what it was and they still found a way to beat them I I just I don't know it's I don't think what the Ravens have right now is going to be sustainable in the playoffs I think they're ultimately going to crash and burn again but um yeah it's pretty remarkable they found a way to win that game with with everything you know going against them basically uh especially the start they had in that game yeah I mean if you I mean I don't think we've even mentioned like an NFC team yet other than talking about the Eagles like if you talk about the AFC, the, the Raiders are 2-0, the Broncos are 2-0, the Ravens are 1-1, Buffalo's right there, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Cleveland, Miami, like New England's no slouch. Chargers are 1-1, Tennessee's 1-1. Like, there are probably 10 teams, realistically, that you could, you know, say they're going to fight for a playoffs. So, I mean, you have your Cincinnati's, your Jacksonville's, your Jets, your your Colts who are, who are not going to be there. But, I mean, if you look at the AFC as a whole – you're talking about some high-powered offenses, but you're also talking about some some decent, historically good defense. I mean, the Raiders have a, a decent defense this year, it seems. You know, the the Denver Broncos with Vic Vangio, I mean, and their quarterbacks, are, their secondary is lethal. Ravens have a good defense. Buffalo has a good defense. Like, Pittsburgh always has a good defense. Like, you talk about all these quarterbacks, all these weapons, all these guys on the offensive side of the ball, but this gauntlet of the AFC is, is going to be pretty fun, I think. To, to watch, especially come playoff time. I'm not trying to rush through the, through the season, but it, it'll be a storyline to watch and how these teams shake out and, and winning your division, I think, is going to be pretty key. And, and watching these divisional matchups on a week-to-week basis will be pretty fun, um, at least for at least for me in the AFC. Oh, yeah, it's it's extremely deep. I mean, it, it, you know, you got like, like the teams you mentioned, like the Titans dropped week one and then they came back and had a hell of a comeback against the, the Seahawks. It's just like there's so, like you said. I mean, there's so many teams just looking at it. Like, I think you know, even just the AFC North in itself. Like yeah. Pittsburgh, you got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, 
uh, that are all, I mean, very good teams. I don't yeah. know who's going to be there at the end of the year. It's it's really tough to say, but um, yeah, I mean, all three of those teams are are better than most, I would say, in the league. Um, you got you mentioned the Colts. Uh, that that's kind of a we we could open that can of worms in a little bit if you want. Uh, two, you know, somehow Carson Wentz has two sprained ankles. Make that make I, sense to me. Uh, never heard of it, but you know, if it, if it's an injury and it's weird, it's definitely possible with that guy. And I've seen it year after year after year. Is he going to play next week? I assume he will, uh, right? or try to. They said he's uh, uh, questionable so far. Um, yeah, but dealing with uh, sprains in both of his ankles. So that's uh, that's sorry to interrupt. That's just real quick on Carson Wentz. That's an interesting little thing to monitor because if I think if he plays. 75% or more of the offensive snaps, you guys get that Colts first round pick. If he misses right. a couple games, obviously that's in jeopardy of getting to that 75 marker. Um, so if I were Eagle, an Eagles fan, I would say 100% put this guy out there in a wheelchair if we have to. Um, <laughs> I mean, their backup options are like, you know, that guy, Sam, whatever, from uh, Sam Ellinger from Texas and then Jacob Eason. So, I mean, if they're playing their backup, I think that's an automatic loss. Like, same with the Jets and, and a lot of, a lot of other, I mean, it seems to me a lot of teams have poor backup situations. Like two is already out for this Sunday and they have to play Jacoby Brissett. Like that's an automatic loss. Um, so for me, I might think that they're going to try to play him, you know, no matter what, obviously, you know, two, two sprained ankles is, is something to monitor, but it, you know, if it's above the alternative, I think a Carson Wentz at 50% is probably going to perform a little bit better than Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite in incredible that we're now in week three. I think he sustained some type of injury week one. I don't think it was substantial, but then right. obviously week two, now, now he has these ankle sprains. Yep. It's like, dude, I, I, I don't, I don't, maybe this is me being negative and, and just thinking along the lines of, of the worst case scenario, but I just don't see him playing 75% of the snaps. It's week three and he's already banged up. It's like this guy is just, Finds a he, he's almost like he finds a way to, to step on the field and stubs his toe. It's like that type of thing. Um, I don't know. It's the only other thing I was going to mention about that is it's kind of crazy that, like, if you look at the offensive line last year, uh, the Colts, I think they have like an injury or two on that line. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, I was watching some of the game and it seemed like Wentz was running for his life. Oh, yeah. So it's like, once again, he doesn't have protection. Um, and this team was supposed to be like, you know, he's supposed to kind of be a, a missing puzzle piece, right. and he comes in, and so far, not so good, obviously, 0-2, and, and then they got to go play Tennessee, and Tennessee's coming off a, a great comeback, and, and I'm sure they're going to be fired up yeah. to play at home. So, I, I don't know. I could see the Colts very easily going 0-3, and, and it's like, all right, now what what's what do you do with Wentz? And, yeah. and I, I, you know, I, I'm all for playing him to get the draft pick, but he's one of those guys, like, if you throw him in this week with a sprained ankle, like – somehow he'll find a way to get make it worse or 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 come up with another injury right so it's like i'd almost rather him sit this week and then then play him the next week um to to recover from that but only god knows what they're gonna do no it's uh i mean it's an interesting like case study and, and maybe we'll have a, a carson wentz like snap percentage update every week on the pod throughout the throughout the season just to to keep tabs on that first round pick but if i'm minneapolis like I, i'm probably giving phil rivers a call like buddy I know you're coaching high school football in Alabama, but I think we kind of need you here, bro. Like, like you said, I mean, for the past few years, they've had a great defense. Historically, they've had a great offensive line. They seem to have decent skill positions, obviously two pretty good running backs. 
receivers have been pretty good. Same with the tight end spot. Um, obviously, Costanzo, you know, retiring as their left tackle in the offseason hurt them. They have Eric Fisher from the Chiefs, who I think played last week, but is still coming off like major, major offseason surgery. So we'll probably take a few weeks to settle in and get back to normal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like the past few years, the only thing they haven't figured out since Luck has retired is that quarterback spot. So, you know, I think after last season, Carson Wentz, for whatever reason, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, is not the same Carson Wentz from 2017. I don't, I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people in the media and a lot of casual fans were blaming the Eagles, but maybe those, those people just didn't really watch the games last season and the year prior too closely because this podcast, you, you specifically have been on the camp of like Carson Wentz is like done. Like he's not the same guy he used to be, like I said, and, and maybe he isn't the answer, you know, in Indianapolis. So it'll, it'll be kind of fascinating, you know, as they get to 0-3 probably, maybe 0-4, maybe 0-5. I think you're going to hear a lot of noise out of Indianapolis, to say the least. Yeah, no, I think I think you bring up a, a great point. I, I think, don't get me wrong, there was horrible play calling last year. And, and when I say horrible, it's not even like just god awful. But <laughs> um, I mean, it, if you go back and watch, it's like he's throwing like there were multiple interceptions he threw, and like nobody was in even the vicinity of the area. Uh, you exactly. know, that was on the Eagles. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I I, I look at it this way, man. This is how I break it down is like, even if Carson Wentz is 75% of what he used to be, and I think, you know, all things considered, like in the right system, everything, you know, in a perfect world, that, that's probably what he's going to be is 75% of what he could be yep. uh, at, at absolute best. He's still such a, it's, it's so nerve wracking as a, like, if I was a Colts fan, I'd be scared to death that this guy is not going to stay healthy. So now, you basically are getting a guy that, that is no longer, you know, arguably top 10 quarterback and he's injury prone as, as ever. Yep. And he just kind of seems to be a deer in the headlights in an extremely big game. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I like the guy, uh, you know, I've always rooted for him even on the Colts. I'm, I'm still kind of pulling for him. I don't want him yeah. to win a Super Bowl, but it's like, I, I, there's just too many, there's been just too much bullshit with him. And it, it's just, it, it's gotten to the point where it's like, if I'm the Colts, I, I'm, if they don't make the playoffs, I'm like, I'm not going forward with a guy that I can't trust to stay healthy more no than, chance. you know, six weeks. Like it, it's, it's that bad. It's that substantial. I mean, especially if they don't get their first round pick. I, I mean, there's, if you have your first round pick, let's call it, maybe they're like just outside the top 10, their top 15, we'll put them in that sort of sector within the draft. Like, Maybe there's an opportunity to pull a San Francisco trade into the top five and get your guy to the future. But obviously, if you don't have that first round pick, you're not trading from the second round all the way up into the top five. I mean, you know, who, who even knows who's going to be at the top of the draft? Obviously, this time last year, I had no idea who Zach Wilson was uh, or Trey, or who Trey Lance was. And they end up going two and three, respectively. Um, so there's always going to be guys there. It's just a matter of can you get into the top five? And if you are in the top five, is that even enough? Like, you look at, you know, Chicago and, and Patriots, they were outside the top 10 and, and got lucky, but that's not always going to be the case that there are five like studs, so to speak, who are there to, to take in the draft. So maybe they uh, dial up old uh, Andrew Luck on the uh, foot phone and, and beg him to come back. I mean, he's got to be like, he probably isn't even 30 yet. I mean, he's been out of the league for like three years. He's probably like 29, 30, which is crazy. Call me crazy, but uh, I'd, I'd pro there's a couple of names I'd probably take Mitchell Trubisky over Wentz right now because I, oh, I, yeah. I think I uh, think I think he'll stay on the field. I, I don't know. I, I'm all for like 
a guy that's going to be durable. Even like I'd probably take a ty- uh, a Tyrod Taylor right now for sure. Um, just because it's like I I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm not as supportive of Wentz as some fans, but I'm definitely not as hard on him as other fans. But sure. he is. It, it's like no matter where he goes, no matter what the situation, it's always a, there's a problem. There's a there's it's just I don't know, man. It's not the guy you like. A quarterback is is your leader. He's your yeah, like the commander in chief of the of the offense. And it's like it's either he's banged up or it's like the, the play calling or it's the offense. It's like all right, when when are you either gonna put up or shut up at this right. point? You know, I yeah, I mean it's 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 fascinating. And like you said, you're you know you're a you're big of a, as big of a Wentz guy as, as anybody. Um, so you're gonna treat him with with somewhat kid gloves, but I. I just feel for the guy if, if, like I said, if he's not playing, they go 0-3, 0-4. Uh, I mean, he's going to get his head taken off by the national media. Um, Aaron, it seems like we kind of backed into a pseudo AFC breakdown there. Um, so before we get to the Jets, before we get to the Eagles, let's do our NFC breakdown. If, if you don't mind, maybe we'll bounce around this conference a little bit. Um, at the top, we have five teams, kind of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, who are 2-0. and Carolina, who's a foe. Two, uh, they're two and four, which I'd like to say similar to the Broncos. We'll get to them in a second with uh, <laughs> Sam Donald revenge game week one. Um, Cardinals are, are two and oh, so are the Rams, 49ers and Bucks respectively. Um, and then four oh and two teams, Detroit, Minnesota, Atlanta and the Giants. Um, and then we have a bunch of one and one teams. But uh, I will I will give you the floor since your squad's in the NFC. Uh, where do you want to take our uh, NFC breakdown first? Yeah, I think. Um... You know, I'll just kind of get into the teams that I think are, are firing on, on all cylinders so far. I Love think uh, obviously the Rams being 2-0, uh, not a huge surprise. Obviously, you get Stafford in the mix, um, kind of the missing link there probably. Um, you know, that team looks very, very impressive in the in the NFC. I, I pray to God if they get to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll get to the playoffs, but I pray to God uh, they knock Tampa Bay the oh, hell out. Someone needs um, to. So I don't care who it is. I, I think Arizona is a sneaky good team. Yep. I'm not on this like 49ers bandwagon. Like a lot of people seem to be. I, I just, I watched them play the Eagles this past weekend. I, I, everybody, you know, keeps telling me, you know, we lost to a good team. We lost to, I think they're a respectable team. Yes, but I, they're beatable. They're, they're right. extremely beatable. Like if we have to go play the Rams, I'd be like shaking in my boots almost. Um, that, sure. that team's loaded on both sides. The 49ers, I just think, they might they might end up third in that division, in, in my opinion. Um, other than that, I mean the the NFC least is looking like the NFC least <laughs> again. Uh, the Packers, uh, I was shocked that they got steamrolled week one. Yep. Uh, that might have just been a fluke. I don't know. Uh, that'll be interesting to monitor. And then the pa- the Panthers obviously are, are the shock of the world right now. I would say at two and zero. They played two um, shitty teams. I'll say that. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It's just you know I. I- Go ahead. No, the, the only thing just, uh, you know, for me to, to sit back and say, and, 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 you know, two weeks ago, and I would have said Sam Darnold would have been 2-0, oh, I'd be shocked yes. at, that, at that. So, um, so far, so good. But I, I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know if the, if the Saints are, are better than them. They, they might be. I don't know. I, I just, I don't believe in Carolina yet. Obviously, you got Tampa Bay in that division. And then, you know, the only other team in Atlanta is God awful and, and they might win five games all year. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, one of your takes on that, but I, I don't know, man. I, the Panthers to me, I, 
I don't want to say they're a fraud yet. It's so early, but I, I don't know if I believe in them at two and up. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start with them. I mean, yeah, Tampa Bay obviously is going to win that division. Um, New Orleans in this experiment with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, uh, I think is, is already run its course. I mean, they shellacked the Packers in week one. It was like 38 to 10 or something like that. Uh, I, I think that was just more of a, a Green Bay coming off a tough offseason. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has said for months he doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Um, for them to come out and put up a clunker in week one, I don't think is that much of a surprise. Uh, and then obviously coming out Monday and the Packers coming back and, you know, they were they were losing at halftime, 17-14, coming back to win that game, 35-17, shutting out the Lions in the second half. I think they probably just need to shake off the rust a little bit. Like I said, it was a tumultuous offseason. I think the culture there is probably a little – I don't know. It's suffered a little bit, I'll say, since since the last season. So I don't really put much stock into week one anyway. And I definitely don't put much stock into the fucking Saints beating the Packers 38 to 10. I think, you know, once again, they had to go to like Jacksonville at the game. Couldn't, couldn't even have been played in New Orleans. So I think all in all, it was just like an off week for the Packers. Um, they don't really have much of an offense talking about the Saints. So but getting, getting to Carolina week one, uh, they I will say this, but they have a legit fucking defense. I mean, the Jets might as well have put, put out like five cones instead of five offensive linemen against them. It wouldn't really have mattered. I think they would have probably held up a little bit better. In the first half, Zach Wilson got absolutely like crunched a good like four to five times. Then in the fourth quarter, fucking Derek Brown and Nieder Gross Matos, however you say his name, two 350-pound defensive tackles basically put all of their body weight on top of like 150 pound soaking wet Zach Wilson. The kid somehow bounces up next play, throws a dart to Corey Davis for a touchdown to be down five points. Uh, so needless to say, that was not a Zach Wilson plug. That was a, the Carolina defense is solid. They have a really good secondary. Uh, they have their guy, JC Horn, who's a cornerback who's doing pretty well. Their linebackers, Shaq Thompson's phenomenal. Um, and their other linebackers named escape me right now is also very good. So, from a defensive standpoint, they are going to be in every game because they're not going to give up a lot of points. To the offense and Sam Darnold, for those who are out there crowning him as the MVP of the NFL, I just implore you to shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> number Point number one, having Christian McCaffrey on your team turns out it's, it's a massive help. If the Jets had Christian McCaffrey, I think Sam Darnold probably would have had a lot better numbers over the past three years. If you look at his air yards and where he's throwing the ball to, he is captain fucking check down. Him and Matt Jones will fight for the battle of MVP of, of check downs this season. It just so <laughs> happens that the two teams both play the Jets in week one and then week two, respectively. Number two, Joe Brady is a much better offensive mind than Adam Gase is, was, and ever will be. Uh, I think he knows what he has in Sam Brown. I think he is not going to put him in positions that he probably shouldn't be in or that don't fit his skill set. He's not going to have him throw 55 times a game and throw it 30 yards down the field on the run um, and, and make these complex offensive reads. I think Sam Darnold drops back, looks one way. If the read's not there, he's out. He's getting the ball away. If the read's there, great. He's popping it in. DJ Moore is very good. Robbie Anderson obviously can take the top of a defense and did that against the Jets. Um, so I think they're managing him within the system and Obviously, the Saints coming off of like a high off of week one. I think they probably were caught a little bit looking past the Panthers. Um, so for them to be 2-0, I don't think it's anything to sneeze at. But I also think Matt Rule has them in a spot where they're not going to be an easy team to, to go against this year. But if at this point, if I had to say if, if they were going to make the playoffs, I'd probably say no. 
Um, just because A, you have Tampa Bay, probably who's going to win that division. B, you have the NFC West, San Francisco, LA, Arizona, and Seattle are all going to be in the playoff picture, no matter how their divisional games shake out. So you probably get one wild card from that division, maybe two. Um, and then you obviously have the NFC North, um, and the NFC East, if, if one of those teams, I mean, Dallas is going to be pretty good. Their offense is obviously firing all cylinders. So I could see Carolina just because the playoffs sort of expand to that seventh team, uh, maybe squeaking a seventh or a sixth spot, but uh, they for sure will not go past the first round. I bet my life on that. Um, <laughs> so that may be a little bit, bit of a biased rant there from, from me kind of hating on Sam Darnold, but I wish him nothing but the best. I just think the narrative surrounding Sam Darnold being much, much better um, outside of the Jets needs to be, uh, you know, maybe put some some water to that fire, so to speak. Yeah, I think uh, obviously you surround him with more of like a complete team. You know, he's going to do better. That's just like yeah. common sense. If I mean, he didn't Christian do better. Fucking McCaffrey. Like, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, exactly. And, and a defense that, you know, when, you, when you're kind of, I think if you're a quarterback, it gets in your head. Like, it's almost like a pitcher that gets no run support. Like, if you have yeah. a horrible defense, like, you're, you're basically pressing. You're, you're, you're trying to do too much. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting. I, you know, personally, I'd love to see the, the Panthers edge out the Bucks. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just that, – that's probably extremely unrealistic. But you, uh, uh, you guys play them coming up here in a couple weeks, actually. They, so, they play the Texans this Thursday, which is a win. So, they'll go 3-0. Then they play the Cowboys after that, coming off a long week, so that might be a win. Uh, and then they play you guys, and I pray. I mean, this schedule is so easy: Jets, Saints, Texans, Cowboys, Eagles, Vikings, Giants, Falcons. Then they play the Patriots, and then they play the Cardinals, and start to get into some tougher games. I mean, they have. I mean, they don't play the Bucks until December twenty sixth. Then they play them again on on uh, January 9th. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a pretty freaking good record. Uh, just based off looking at their schedule. But uh, like I said, they're kind of a, a fraud team, just probably a product of an easy schedule and, and a pretty decent defense. Yeah, you you running down that schedule makes me realize more and more how much, like, I hate the Eagles schedule because it's it's just brutal. These next, like, I, I don't know where we're going to be at. I have no idea. I'm so up in the air with this team. Um, I, I, I love some of the things we're doing, and then there's other parts I'm not feeling too confident about um so yeah it's, hey let's uh let's get into it i think it's about, i think we, we buried the lead here and saved our eagles and, and jets shots till the end but uh let's get into the eagles a little bit yeah uh all right so i mean we're, we're sitting one and one um i absolutely felt thrilled after we routed atlanta for 32 to 6 uh jonathan gannon the new defensive coordinator is uh might be a uh, basically the, the biggest blessing we've had in in a, quite a while i don't want to go too overboard it's week two but um, Atlanta got in the red zone. I want to say at least three or four times. I know for a fact, at least three, uh, we kept them to, to two field goals the entire game. So that no matter what you say about, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, Atlanta, um, you know, the whole squad there, you know, keeping a team to, to uh, two field goals, no touchdowns, that, that's going to be a, a definite plus, a definite, um, you know, a look to be in the right direction. Um, then we come back. Play San Fran at home. Uh, talk about a, just a stale, you know, offensive, you know, display. It, I mean, that's not even the right way to put it. It was just, yeah. you know, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch that offense play, you know, another quarter the way they did. Um, but 
once again, defense pretty much shined. I mean, we lost we lost Brandon Graham for the season already, which is a is a extremely big blow to our pass rush already. But um, yeah, we'll see. I just I I like what we're doing on defense. We're we're definitely locking teams up for the most part so far. But then um, you know, this coming Monday we go down to, to as what they call Big D. Uh, you know, play in Jerry Jones uh, Castle basically. Um, and yeah, that's that's I I don't know. I don't. I'm not feeling extremely confident about that um we're gonna have to pound the ball we're gonna have to run the ball yeah I think to win that game and I just that defense Micah Parsons is already looking like a problem for Uh, sure so it's just I don't know how we're gonna match up uh defensively it's gonna be an absolute handful as well even with you know the schemes that it seems to be working so far I mean you got CD Lamb you got Amari Cooper you got um, you know, the list goes on and on. You got Zeke to account for. It's just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we come out of there with a win and then, you know, the following week we play the Chiefs. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't get much easier. Um, and and I, I just these games like that's why I was really extremely pissed off. We didn't beat San Francisco when we could have. Right. Because it's it's going to get only harder from here and, and we could be sitting here two and oh and, you know, the, the, these couple of games, I don't want to be uh, negative Nancy, but it, it, it could go south uh, very easily, I think, just because the other teams are, are much more loaded than we are. We, we don't really have that much depth on a lot of positions. I mean, our receiver, our receiving core is probably the youngest in football. Uh, it, it's just, I don't know, man. I'm not feeling too confident about it. And, and even after that, the schedule doesn't get much easier. So, Right. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful, but at the same time, I'm I've, after the San Francisco game, I am discouraged to say the least at at the fact that you know that was a game we should have had and, and we right. let it slip. So it's it's not going to get any easier from from here. Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, I think uh, it's, there's definitely encouraging signs out of out of what I'm, I mean. I paid attention a little bit to those first two games from from Philly and definitely to defer to your opinion over all else. But I, I think you know if you're going to have those growing pains, especially like. Jalen Hurts, we forget, is still like super young. Like you said, the receiver core is still super young. Uh, but I think, I mean, Sirianni, like it was a questionable decision to hire the guy, but it seems like he, you know, somewhat has his shit together. Um, you mentioned defensive coordinator again, and like it seems like he has his shit together. Um, so I think you're always going to take these lumps and bruises, and the Jets have, have probably taken a, a beating uh, more than most teams have this year, especially with our young staff and young, you know, players. Um, you know, so I think. For me, looking on the outside, looking in, it seems like the Eagles are getting there. It, you know, obviously you're gonna you're gonna want to win those close games, and that'll come with more experience as you get, as you kind of go through the rest of the season. Um, but Hurts obviously looked great in Game One. Devontae Smith looked great in Game One. I think he's he's a player. Um, and then you you guys obviously have like really good defensive line, really good offensive line, which to win in this league, um, to give yourself a chance to win this league, I should say you're gonna have to you know, put forth some, some decent effort on the offensive line, defensive line. And at least you guys have that foundation, which is, you know, something I can't say for a lot of the other teams in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you could have gotten much, I mean, to lose, if you would have lost to the Falcons and then followed that up with a loss to the 49ers, I'd probably be sounding the alarms a little bit, but it seems like you guys uh, at least put up some good efforts week one and, and, and partially week two. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe it's just me being impatient, but I just I want to compete at least for the division this year. And and, you know, you, you bring up a good point. I think they're headed in the right direction. It's just, you know, 
the, these these games following the Cowboys game, it, it's like it's literally like four very good teams. Um, and it's like, you know, if, if Dallas gets on a run there, like they, they could, they easily could. I think Dallas is, is they have no excuse not to, I would say right. this year. Um, so it's like, I, I, you know, maybe we don't, we don't take the division this year. Maybe we're on the outside looking in, but it's headed in the right direction. I, I'm okay with that. I'm just, you know, football seasons are, are, short and long in the fact that, you know, when your team's out of it, it's, it really sucks. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's like, I want to keep I definitely this know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, man. It's just, you know, I, I just, on a game, you got, you, in a game you can win, you got to find a way to win. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's why I'm kind of pissed off, but you know um, you know, as long as we, sh we show signs of improvement and, and, and we decide that Jalen Hurts is a guy we, you know, maybe uh, maybe we get back to, to contention here sooner than later, but we'll uh, I'll let you take the floor with the the Jets, the Jets. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's I, I kind of envy your position right now. It seems that that you guys have your your heads on your shoulders more so than, than we do. Um, but to get into obviously, you know, losing a close one to the Panthers. I mean, I you know, it's kind of a tale of two games. We we obviously got the doors blown off us, you know, against New England because of of those four interceptions from Zach Wilson. But the first game to me was almost like, like Zach Wilson was outside of a couple of guys in the defense was the only guy who played relatively well the first game. And then the second game, he was one of the only players who played bad, so to speak. So it's just a, a tale of two, two games. I mean, in the first game, like I said, his offensive line gave him absolutely zero help. I mean, he started off the game two for 10 because he's basically having three guys in his face every time he drops back to throw. Um, in the second half, he, he put up like 250 yards, um, which is impressive. Two touchdowns um, really showcased his athleticism. I mean, when he's running and throwing on the run, you know, rolling out to his right, it's one of the most impressive things that, that I've probably ever seen. I mean, that was the thing when, when Darnold came out, like for, for me, it was kind of weird to have a quarterback who can throw on the run, but I mean, Wilson is 10 times more athletic than, than Darnold is. So from a, a strictly arm talent and athletic standpoint, I've been very happy with him. It's just in game two, the decision-making obviously wasn't there. I mean, anytime Bill Belichick is going to play uh, a rookie quarterback, you obviously would, would bet on Bill Belichick winning that game handily. Um, in the first game, the the Carolina Panthers blitzed him heavily, and, and he was able to kind of find his way with his secondary in the second half. But in the, uh, in the second game, it seemed that Belichick kind of strayed away from that game plan and then basically held all his guys back in the secondary. And he had time to throw. It's just that um, when he did throw, he was thrown in the tight windows and making bad decisions. So it seemed to me like he was a little bit scarred from week one and, and tried to play hero ball in week two, which obviously you're not going to want that, you know, as, as a rookie quarterback. But um, I think the first interception obviously was tipped. So that could go either way. The second interception went right through Corey Davis's hands. Um, and after that, I think he was a little bit sheltered three and four um, were certainly on him. Uh, it was in the matter of like fucking 10 passes. So um, once, once you throw four picks in the first half, or, I mean, it was, I think the fourth one was in the second half, but um, your game plan kind of goes out the window there. Um, but I will say the defense has been pretty encouraging. I mean, Mac Jones was, was checked down Jesus. I re wasn't really impressed with him. Um, but again, when you're getting, fucking 40 yard field advantage. Every time you get the ball, you're probably going to put up more than 20 points. They put up 22. Um, so the defense, the Jets defense on paper is a top 10 defense. Check the stats after week two, Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich 
have this defense in a great spot, despite all the young guys. I mean, we're playing like fucking eight rookies every week, um, including the quarterback, including guys in the offensive line, including guys at cornerback. Um, this year going in, I think was going to be a learning year either way. Um, but it, it really is, is up to what Zach Wilson can do. Um, and I think you just got to bear the game tape from week two. I think it's obviously easy to say the kid sucks and, um, certainly I'll be, I'll be one of the first ones to jump on him because we went through this with Darnold recently went through this with, Geno Smith went through with Hackenberg, Petty, Sanchez, et cetera. Um, so I, I think I'm pretty adept at knowing who's a good quarterback and who's not. Um, but there are some traits I like from Zach Wilson and I wouldn't be saying that if it wasn't true. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, we play the Broncos next week, obviously a tough game. They have a very good defense. And then the schedule starts to open up a little bit with the game against Atlanta. And then we play Cincinnati and some other teams like that. So I think it, it, I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon, but I'm just hoping by, by the end of the season, um, he's putting up good numbers consistently. The offense is moving the ball. Um, I think one change that, that this year with the Jets is last year when, when shit hit the fan, nothing was going right. Um, I think in the first game, we obviously had, had one of the worst offensive first halves I've ever seen in my life, but for the second half to come back and put up two touchdowns. And then last week we were able to run the ball pretty handily. I think in the past, the offense would just completely collapse instead of one phase being still dominant and, and not the other. So um, there are certainly encouraging signs to, to kind of go forth. And obviously after two games, we're not going to overreact here, but um, it is looking like a, you know, four to five win season and hopefully we can get uh, some good draft picks. So it sucks to fucking say that on September 22nd, but um, I think we knew that going in. Joe Douglas had a pretty good draft. Obviously, we're going to play a lot of the young guys. And then next year, I think is a year to go full into free agency. We have Seattle's pick. We have our own probably a top 10 pick. So the more Seattle loses, the more, you know, obviously I'm going to look favorably upon our draft pick. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a learning year. The schedule starts to open up and if Zach Wilson can – build some rapport. Corey Davis has played pretty well. Elijah Moore has played pretty well. Um, so at least I just want to get some building blocks going into next year for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as, I mean, you know, probably 200% more about the Jets than I do. But <laughs> I, I do, you know, check the highlights. I do, you know, tune in here and here when I can. But, um, you know, I think they at least look like they're, they're playing like harder already this oh, year. God, so yeah. it's, it's dude, it's the, the fucking attitude in, in the locker room and the attitude from these guys is night and day. I mean, Sheldon Rankins, who's one of their defensive linemen was like, we are literally trying to come in this building, change the culture and turn a franchise around. So it's not going to happen overnight. Um, I like what I've seen from Sala so far. Like I said, his job is to basically oversee the team, but obviously it comes from a defensive background and the defense has been phenomenal considering all the young guys that are playing. And then, Michael Four, uh, offensive coordinator, brother of Matt Lafour. Um, it, it, he's a first-time play caller, so I'm not gonna push the panic button yet. He's he's been getting a little a little too predictable, in my opinion, in the first quarter. But um, I thought he called a pretty good game against the Patriots. But when your quarterback throws four picks, there's really not much else you can do um, to right the ship there. So, like I said, there's some encouraging signs to take away. You know, this game was gonna come either way. But if you look at the rest of the rookie quarterbacks, I mean. Lawrence has the same number of picks as Wilson does. Justin Fields came in the game last Sunday, didn't play particularly well. Trey Lance hasn't really played yet. Um, Mac Jones is obviously in the best situation out of all the rookies, and he can't throw a ball fucking more than five, five yards down the field. So I think all <laughs> things considered, when you look at the rest of the rookie quarterbacks, even some of the second-year guys have, have struggled a little bit. Um, but when you look at most of the rookies, I think 
it's definitely, uh, you know, things are going to get worse before they get better. And, and the Jets on paper have one of the worst rosters. So if they can just build around him and, and support him this year and, and, you know, build a foundation and move, move strong into next year, then that's all I'm really looking to get out of this year is, is pretty much just showing some promise. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly that. I think just the fact that they're, they're playing a lot harder. Um, they look like they, they, you know, I think last year they, they uh, absolutely quit on Adam Gase. Um, oh, yeah, I would, I would have quit him too. I just think uh, Zach Wilson just kind of plays with a, a little bit of a chip more than – I just think Sam Darnold to me has always been vanilla. He's always been yeah. like just – I don't know. I've never – not even in college I was like, oh, this guy doesn't impress me. I think Zach Wilson at least has the upside to where it's like he's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to be a gunslinger. Like, you know, at least he'll go down fighting with you and, and, and I yeah. don't – never say that about Darnold so you know I I definitely get where you're coming from and I I just even seeing the highlights a couple times their defense looks like they're they're absolutely getting after it so that's at least encouraging so it it, uh it feels good to be back I mean as as much as we're going to lament on our teams this year it just feels good to have football on the television once more whether it be NFL or college we'll really take any football at this point I think We'll definitely get into more college football as, as the weeks progress, but with this being our first show back um, the past couple of months, it, it definitely felt right to get back on track and get back to what we know and love, and that's certainly the NFL. But we'll definitely get into some NBA, some NHL, some MLB, obviously, so sports. Um, have some big-time big, big time, you know, things coming up on the schedule and the, and the calendar here, but uh, nonetheless, it, uh, it certainly feels great to be back. Yeah, yeah, and we'll uh... – We'll definitely uh, get on a more consistent schedule for everybody, and uh, you know we'll we'll try and give you as much coverage as we can, and and I look forward to uh, you know whatever happens this season, as, as long as the Buccaneers and Patriots don't go the whole way. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Take us out.